We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. And welcome to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening until 10 o'clock. How are you doing tonight? Glad you are with us tonight, and uh, I'm glad you were listening uh, to Matt Pauley. He does a great job, and he is a, such a fantastic addition here uh, to the CamelX Sports Department. So glad you were hanging around after that. And uh, as always, if you like what you hear on CamelX, whether it's Matt Pauley or Hancock and Kelly or anything that you hear here on Camo X, you could always listen to it with the Odyssey app. Uh, that's what I use. Uh, I was on vacation in July. Uh, my family and I went over to Europe for a week in, on vacation. And uh, I'm on the, on the cruise ship in Europe, I'm listening to Camo X on the Odyssey app. So it works anywhere. And uh, make sure that you download that free of charge. And uh, you know the name of the show tonight? We're going to have, a hopefully, a lot of callers tonight because uh, there, I've got a lot of issues to discuss, and I want your feedback. And so you've heard me say this many, many times, that when this show is called At Your Service, from my perspective, that means I want your feedback. I love calls. I love texts. I've already gotten a text. Thank you, Mary Lynn. And uh, as you call and text of the regarding the issues that we're talking about, to me, that's the fun of talk radio. I mean, there's no talk radio if you don't have talk, right? So part of that has to come from you, and that's what drives the show. Uh, today's Robert Redford's birthday. That guy's 86 years old today. And, uh, and, and of course, if you talk about Robert Redford, uh, everyone wants to talk about uh, the same few movies. Of course, All the President's Men. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, of course, The Natural. But there's a movie, if you haven't seen this, the uh, the, the movie's called Sneakers. And it stars uh, Robert Redford, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, there's a host of people in this movie that you're going to know. It's a fantastic movie about computer hacking. And it's really fun, particularly Dan Aykroyd, his comedy relief in this movie. It was from, like, the 90s, I think. And uh, if you haven't seen that, as soon as I saw that it was Robert Redford's birthday, I wanted to give a plug for the movie Sneakers because hardly anybody's ever seen it. And it's a fantastic, fantastic movie, and I hope that you will check it out. You know, one thing that everyone has been checking out for years is the song 
All I Want for Christmas from, of course, Mariah Carey. How many times have you heard this song? I mean, can you even, can you count that high? I mean, we're in August. We're going to be buried with this song come November. We're going to be sick of it because it just plays over and over. And she makes millions of dollars a year just on this one song. But you know what's interesting is it came out today that she has filed a trademark. Uh, did you hear about this, Matt Pajeski? She's filed, uh, Mariah Carey's filed a trademark application to have herself officially known as, and I'm quoting, Queen of Christmas. Yes, that's right. Maria Carey, or Mariah Carey's going to be, she wants you to call her the Queen of Christmas. And she's going to trademark that. Now, it, it may or may not work. I'm going to break down the legalities of that as the show as the show unfolds. Uh, but she, I'm going to read to you because I found her patent or trademark application. And it's hilarious. It is truly hilarious. Uh, and so I'll go through that as the show unfolds. And maybe even Mary Lynn texted in, wanted to know, how do we reverse the latest stupid Democrat bill, the inflation expansion bill? Well, Mary Lynn... You're exactly right. That's what it's going to do. Uh, We will talk about that as the show uh, unfolds this evening. So we'll dive into that and more. But coming up after this break, uh, we're going to go to a break just a minute early just to give us some time, because one of the things that I really geek out on is aircraft. And uh, there's some news that came out this week about the commercial airline industry is going to has already purchased American Airlines has already uh, signed a contract for a minimum of 20 aircraft that are supersonic aircraft. They're going to go faster than uh, faster than the speed of sound. And so we're going to talk to a retired commercial airline pilot about what does that mean, why is that important, and how will this change commercial aviation. We had the Concorde aircraft uh, back in the 70s and 80s. It was the 70s. I think it was the 80s and the 90s. And then they started, you know, crashing, which was a problem. So uh, it stopped there. The Concorde stopped flying. But we're going to talk to Mike uh, Hatton in just a few minutes about how these new supersonic aircraft are going to impact the airline industry. You could be flying Mach 2 in the next four or five years. How cool is that? We got more coming up here on At Your Service, including... The stuff you want to hear, Mary Lynn, about the inflation expansion bill. So stick around at your service. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Trusted information, live and local. From the award-winning KMOX Newsroom. During the past year, we, we've seen commercial flights into space. We've seen William Shatner go into space. Uh, NASA's preparing for a moon launch. And now we hear this week that supersonic flight may be returning for commercial travelers. That's right. People like you and me could fly supersonic. So joining us to break this down is Mike Hatton. Mike is a retired commercial airline pilot, aviation expert, former president of a medical device company, and he's currently provides leadership consultation for managers of corporations, both large and small. Hey, Mike, welcome to CamoX St. Louis. Thank you, sir. It's great to be with you, and I appreciate the opportunity. Sure. Uh, this week, like I said, we've, we're, we're seeing commercial flights with we're seeing the possibility rather of supersonic commercial flights american airlines has agreed to buy 20 planes from boom supersonic betting on a future of ultra fast planes uh how important is this as a step for the commercial aviation industry well it's an extremely important step in my judgment uh that it covers all aspects of uh, aviation. It covers uh, cutting time in flight between continents. It uh, offers completely sustainable fuel. They actually have a process now where they remove the carbon from the air and store it permanently underground. Uh, this is, it excites me. I've done a lot of interviews lately. I've always talked about the negative things that are going on in aviation right now. And I'm really excited to be talking about something. Oh, exactly. Cause all we hear about aviation this summer has been flight cancellations, flight delays, unruly passengers, you know, mask fighting, uh, all of those things. So yeah, it's great to talk about something positive. And you mentioned about the, the fuel and we'll, we'll talk about the Concorde in a minute, but I just, my visions uh, as a kid when the Concorde was in flight, there was just barrels of smoke coming out of the back of those engines when those things were taken off. And yet this is environmentally friendly aircraft, at least in the design that we've seen so far. Yes, the, the engine technology is so much more efficient now than it was in the Concorde. Concorde was a pure jet engine which means that it was very little uh, fan effect providing thrust. So it was all done with fuel, fire, and noise. And uh, <laughs> I have to tell you that I was behind the Concorde in Paris once while they really? took off. I was in a DC-10, and the pressure waves and the sound waves from that uh, shook my chest, just like mm. a space shuttle launch that I got to go to once. Uh, it was it was an incredible feeling. Right, and you were in a, a DC-10. What a classic classic aircraft the dc-10 you can tell I'm, I'm i'm into aviation because it's it to me it represents the best of capitalism and the best of america that we've conquered the skies and then once that happens it, it makes it as available to regular people and that's what i like about that now we hear the term 
supersonic flight, Mike. How fast is that? Well, uh, supersonic, you have subsonic. That's the flight we fly on today. Supersonic means uh, above the speed of sound or faster than the speed of sound, which usually occurs around 700 knots, 750 knots, depending on the uh, air temperature, air density. There's a few factors, but it's roughly in that area. And what would that mean to folks in terms of time? I mean, I, I went to Hawaii several years ago, and my flight from Honolulu to Dallas took about eight hours in, in the aircraft. So if if this aircraft, this boom supersonic, is flying at, at Mach 1.7 or at least flying at, at above Mach 1, how would that make a difference in commercial flight for these long flights uh, across the ocean? From the West Coast to Hawaii, at a supersonic speed, uh, and, and boom, I understand, is going to uh, average around 1,294 miles per hour. That would be just two hours or just over two hours to Hawaii. Oh, wow. What, what, that would be something. Now, of course, those first flights, and we'll talk about when that's going to happen in a moment, but those first flights would be really expensive. But when, when air flight was first made available to commercial travelers, it was enormously expensive, but as the tech got better, the price came down. Could we expect to see that same process here with supersonic transportation? I think you can, and um, I actually believe you can because I've heard this uh, management team talk about that very thing. Because there's so much less time in the air, um, the cost won't be as great because you won't be putting as much time on the airframe. It will mm-hmm. be slightly more expensive at first, but uh, they're uh, talking about being competitive with commercial air travel as we know it today. Wow, that would, that would definitely be a blessing. We're, we're talking to retired commercial airline pilot and aircraft transportation expert Mike Hatton. And on a side note, did you see the, the Top Gun movie that came out this summer? I did. Well, I, I got a question for you because... This I this really struck me hard in the movie. Of course, it's not a documentary. It's a movie. Uh, but in, in the movie, at the very beginning, Tom Cruise is flying a hypersonic plane uh, going at Mach 10. So that's going to be, uh, what, 10 times the speed of sound, right? That's correct. Okay. And then the plane breaks up during the flight. And then in the next scene, we see him kind of staggering into a diner in the desert. But... If you're in a plane that breaks up in flight at Mach 10, I mean, wouldn't you just be chunky salsa? Uh, that's uh, I couldn't think of a more accurate description of what you would be. The the G forces imposed on the body at that speed, you just they're unsurvivable. Yeah, yeah, and, and he doesn't even have a bruise. You know, he just comes in looking kind of tired. I'm like, dude, you were in a plane going Mach 10, and the plane broke apart, and you look like you just had to jog for 20 yards. I mean, I. I I know it's a movie, but my goodness, I thought, oh, my goodness. We're definitely in a movie. So I'm sorry to to sidetrack you on that. but uh, No, Brad, I'll break some news. It's Tom Cruise. He doesn't bruise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the rest of the movie, even though there was some stuff in there that obviously was a movie, to me it it was a fantastic movie that featured uh, pilots piloting aircraft, pushing themselves, pushing their machines, for a worthwhile mission, and to me, I, I thought it was excellent. I did, too. And they, they support uh, they support our military, too. They do a lot of things behind the scenes for them. Well, I, I'm an attorney, and so I can't really watch legal movies 
without picking them apart. So can can you watch movies like Top Gun and enjoy it? Or the whole time you're watching it, are you saying, you know, that aircraft is not structurally sound at that speed? And it's, I mean, can, can you watch it from an enjoyment standpoint or do you pick them apart? Well, you know, it's funny you say that. Uh, pilots are the same way. Most pilots, I'm one. Uh, I don't usually go see aviation movies, but I did see the first Top Gun uh, early in my career. I was a helicopter pilot in the Army, and uh, you say you're a lawyer. I had an entire career with the West Virginia State Police flying helicopters and in the Army flying before mm. I became an airline pilot. So we kind of have a, a similar track there, I think you might uh, be able to say. And I don't go see law enforcement movies very often, <laughs> but I went to see this Top Gun. Uh, my wife uh, pretty much insisted, and I did it to do a nice thing. Oh, sure. Oh, wait, 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 let me stop you here, Mike. So, oh, <laughs> Mr. Commercial Airline Pilot in the Army flies aircraft for a living. Oh, I, I'm just going to go see Top Gun to help out my wife. Is that really <laughs> your line? Does that work in your household? Well, I thought I would try it out on you and see how it, uh, your audience to see how oh, it went. Oh, no, no, nobody's buying that, Mike. Nobody. <laughs> nobody's buying that. But um, I'm glad I did. It was a fantastic movie. I thought it was really well done. And I thought Tom Cruise at the beginning of the movie um, just really did a class thing by giving credit to the crew and, uh, mm. and everything else, the production crew. And uh, I'll stop editorializing on that and give you your interview back. That's okay. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fun to talk about. That's why I love doing this show. I get to talk to people like you in situations that I otherwise just wouldn't get to do. But get, getting back to, the, to Boom Supersonic, you know, I recall from – uh, uh, from just knowing about the Concord when it was flying, that you and you've already mentioned it, the noise pollution and the booms from that supersonic flight, those were a real problem for the Concord. So you, you've already mentioned about how the fuel is going to help with the pollution, but have they done anything to overcome that sonic boom problem? No, they have not. Um, and as as you know, you're not uh, you cannot uh, have a sonic boom. You, you're not allowed to uh, fly an aircraft faster than the speed of sound over land. So I suspect at the beginning these uh, aircraft will primarily have Atlantic and Pacific routes. Uh, however, they have identified over six hundred uh, over six hundred routes they say will be profitable, and this aircraft will fly twenty percent faster than the aircraft today when it is over land. Mm-hmm. So it may be possible to fly this aircraft efficiently mm-hmm. from the Midwest, say St. Louis, to uh, to Hawaii or to uh, England, New York to London is going to be uh, three hours and fifteen minutes. It's just an incredible. Oh. Uh, that is incredible. And, and I've read, of course, we're talking to, to Mike Hatton. He's a retired commercial airline pilot and aircraft transportation expert. But I've read that NASA is testing a jet uh, design. It's, I don't think it's flown yet, but it's going to fly very soon. And it's it's very elongated. The nose looks like an alligator nose. It's so long and pointed. But uh, a design that would uh, reduce the sonic boom. Have you read much about that? I have not. Um, that's very interesting because the sonic boom is simply caused, just like a boat going through the water, it pushes a bow wave. And just like a boat, once you speed up to a certain point, you see those waves that come off the front of the boat start to move to the rear and you outrun them. Well, the same thing happens in an airplane. And when you outrun those air, those uh, waves, the bow wave, and it gets behind the airplane, that's when you have the boom. And And because this happens behind you, just like it does in a boat, 
passengers and pilots don't hear a sonic boom from inside the airplane. That's an interesting fact that oh, always that is fascinated me. Yeah, that's very interesting. So how soon would you expect us to see these supersonic aircraft returning to the skies for for commercial travelers? Well, they have us. So the name of the airplane is the Overture. Uh, it's going to be 65 to 80 passengers. The Projected first one off the production line is 2025. They'll begin flight testing in the certification process. They expect that to finish in 2029 and the airplane fly in 2030. Now, that said, they have a model called the XB-1 that is a scaled-down version that is fully built. Uh, They've rolled it out. It hasn't flown yet, but they're going to start testing that very soon. And I understand they have a flight simulator up and running. And uh, boom, if you're listening, I'm more than happy to come and uh, tour your factory <laughs> and uh, and interview you and talk to you about this and uh, see what your simulator looks like. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> oh, that would be so much fun. Uh, Mike, I know you're involved with lots of things uh, aviation related, but you're also involved with something called the Growth Facilitator. Tell us about that. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, So most of my career at the airline uh, was as a senior manager of fleet training. I managed the 777-787 and 747. I managed teams. I built teams, and I worked on projects to uh, bring teams together for other parts of the airline. Uh, I was, As you mentioned, I was president of a medical device company where I did the same thing. So the growth facilitator, once I retired from the airlines, uh, I began to – uh, get calls to help people with challenges they were facing, especially after COVID leadership challenges, new managers, uh, managers that weren't sure exactly how to manage their team. And I just brought my expertise to that, and I began uh, coaching and uh, offering advice to people and offering solutions. Hmm. And if folks want more information about that, Mike, how can they find you online? Well, my website is um, thegrowthfacilitator.com or my name, mikehatton.com, and you can email me, mike at thegrowthfacilitator.com. Fantastic. Mike Hatton, thank you so much for joining us. It was a fun time to discuss aviation stuff with you, and uh, thanks for joining us here on Camo X St. Louis. Brad, thank you. It's uh, I feel like a kid again getting to talk about stories like this. Oh, me too. It's a blast. Thank you, sir. Hey, I want to open up the phone lines now, 314-436-7900. You know when I open up the phone lines, anything is fair game. Whatever you want to talk about, give us a call. Uh, We'll even take calls on, can you guess Matt Pajeski's hair color? I mean, even that, we would take calls on that, 314-436-7900. But more importantly, would you want to fly in an aircraft going Mach 2? That's twice the speed of sound. That's about a, a over 1,200 miles per hour. Does that sound fun to you? Does that not sound fun to you? What do you think? 314-436-7900. At your service, KMOX. I wanted to talk to Mike Hatton, uh, as I did in the last segment, because if you look, and this is true with most technology, let's face it, aircraft, is nothing more than flying technology. That's what it is. And when aircraft were first started, only governments could afford them. They were used in World War I. They were used in uh, uh, for governments to transport goods and services, but but they weren't really used for the private sector. And then when aircraft became a viable transportation for individuals, 
it was really expensive. I mean, if you ever watch those old movies and people get on airplanes and they're all wearing suits and ties, okay, because it was expensive. It was it was something like going to a fancy restaurant because it, w- it was for the elite. But as the technology, which is always true with capitalism, as as it became more profitable, more widespread, then it became accessible to more individuals. And now if you if you fly on a plane, you're just happy if people are wearing pants. You know, the whole thing about wearing a suit and tie, that's gone. I mean, sometimes when I'm flying for business and I have to wear a, a suit and a tie and I get on a plane, I mean, people look at me like, what are you doing? Uh, because nobody wears a suit and a tie on an aircraft because now it's accessible to most people. And I just look at supersonic flight like this and I say, oh, my goodness, it's going to be really expensive. But eventually that's going to be something that's accessible for everyone. And I I so look forward to that because it will be a blast. Uh, when I when I came back from Hawaii, my wife and I went to Hawaii several years ago, and I I cannot sleep on a plane. I can't sleep in a car. If something's moving, I'm just too interested and nosy and curious that I, I just can't sleep. So I had to make a business trip the very next day when I came back from our flight to Hawaii, and so. I went to my doctor and I said, look, doctor, I I need something. I need you to give me something to help me sleep on a plane because there's just no way I'm going to fall asleep. And I have to do it because the moment I get home from this flight, I've got to get ready to leave for on another flight on a business trip. So this was uh, probably about 10 years ago. And my doctor said, "Okay, here you go. I'm going to give you something called Ambien. Now, I'd heard of Ambien, but I'd never taken it. So. As we're coming home from Hawaii, we're on the we're on the runway in Honolulu, taking off to come home, and so I I took an Ambien, and I thought, well, this is going to be a long flight, and it's probably not going to, it's probably not going to work on me very well, so I'll take two. And <laughs> well, that's the last thing I remember. I mean, when the plane was taken off and the wheels were coming in, boom! I don't remember anything. But what's amazing is, is that we we didn't fly from Honolulu to St. Louis. We flew from Honolulu to Dallas. And so when we landed in Dallas, I was walking through the airport, according to my wife. I have no memory of this. We went to get something to eat. I have no memory of that. We had to go and get back on a plane and find our seats. I have no memory of any of that. I mean, after I took those two Ambien, the next thing I remembered was my alarm going off, and I wake up in my bed, and I said to my wife, how did I get here? And and so we, we, that's the last time I took Ambien. I flushed the rest of it because I thought, my goodness, you could a, a person could get in a lot of trouble take, taking Ambien. And so then uh, after I had a chance to get back from my business trip, I asked my wife, I said, I didn't say anything that I shouldn't have said when I was on the Ambien, did I? Because I have no memory. And, of course, she said, well, that's I've sealed that evidence for future use in litigation just in case you get out of line. So uh, I don't know what she's got over me. Maybe she recorded something I said on the phone or took a video of me. I have, I have no idea. Uh, but, again, that's being held in a safe deposit box, probably under a fake name, uh, to be used against me in the event there's some future litigation. So uh so the idea the idea of being able to fly from Hawaii to Dallas or Hawaii to St. Louis in 3 hours I mean that's amazing and I I just 
find that to be an exciting development in the aviation industry, and I'm so looking forward to it. Uh, One of the developments in the legal industry, and this is going to be on the ballot, and this is something I would really like to hear your opinion on. Uh, It's a topic that I've brought up before, but, but this is a topic that goes far beyond the headlines because just this week, Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft certified 214,000 signatures securing uh, the, ma- the marijuana ballot question for the November 8 election. Now, you may have heard about it, and certainly I heard about it a lot when this was being promoted. And the idea was we're going to legalize recreational marijuana in Missouri. Okay. That's a topic. You can run to the races on that topic. But this bill, this provision that's going to be on the ballot in November goes way beyond simply legalizing the recreational use of marijuana, Uh, which, again, that's an issue of itself. But here's some other things. For example, it would legalize recreational marijuana for anyone over the age of 21. We all know that medical marijuana was Legalized, I believe it was in 2018, uh, but this would make it no different than going to a liquor store. You could go and buy weed at any point in time. But, but here's what else it does. It would expunge the records of people who were convicted of marijuana-related charges. Now, what does expunge mean? That's a fancy legal term that simply means it's as if it never happened. It doesn't mean that you are are uh, that you are uh, just no longer having that held over your head, but literally those records are destroyed and it cannot be held against you. So if you're a convicted felon related to marijuana distribution and this goes into law, number one, your record is now clean. But also if you're in jail right now, if a person is in prison for marijuana distribution or usage, you're immediately released from jail. So even if you committed a crime, and it was a crime when you did it, under this provision, you are no longer held accountable for that crime. Does that sit well with you? Because, And and I can see the rationale. I mean, why should you be in the Gray Bar Motel uh, serving time and eating your three meals a day provided to you on metal plates? Why should you be having to do that if you committed a crime with something that now is not illegal? So I, I get the rationale. I understand it. But that person was sent to prison for knowingly, willingly, and with an intentional conduct breaking the law. And so they're being punished for breaking the law. So why should they be absolved from that, even though they intentionally decided to violate the laws of Missouri or Illinois? Why should that person be allowed to walk free just because the subject matter of his crime or her crime is no longer illegal. They still intentionally violated the law. Shouldn't they be punished for that violation, even if the subject matter is no longer illegal? 314-436-7900, call or text. But it also goes, and I've kind of suggested it already, is that not only does it expunge your record, but if you're currently in prison, you know, it's like the scene from every prison movie you've ever seen where they unlock the gates and people get to walk out. I mean, you're out. You're scot-free. Thank you very much. You're no longer a ward of the state. Have a good time. 
But this this provision does two more things that you want to know about. First of all, it's going to tax the thunder out of the marijuana. It's going to it's going to submit uh, a sales tax of six percent, and cities can also uh, and local governments can add an additional tax of three percent, and the state's going to tax it, and eventually the federal government. Everybody's going to tax this. But from an economic standpoint, and I've talked about this before on the air, we've seen this in California, if the taxes get so high, it doesn't put the illegal marijuana sales out of business. All it makes them do is lower their prices because that's what capitalism is, right? If your competition sets the price, you just have to beat your competition. So now if this goes into law, it's not going to eliminate people on the sidewalks and street corners selling weed out of a backpack, it's just going to make them lower the price. And so now it's going to be easier for people to buy illegal weed uh, because the price is going to be lower. So that's the economic reality. We're seeing that in California. We've seen that in Colorado. And we're seeing that in Illinois. And we're going to see that in Missouri if it comes here. But lastly, and this is what a couple of friends of mine, I had, I had some conversations with this. Uh, with some friends of mine today on this topic, but it's going to allow people to grow weed at home. So that means in the backyard, you know, you've got the roses, uh, you've got the tulips, and now you've got the weed, the pot weed out there uh, in your backyard. So people can actually grow their own marijuana in your backyard for personal use only. Because I think if you try to sell it, then you're going to have to be licensed. So you would only be for personal consumption only. But, you know, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the guy that gets arrested when they come by his house and there's 8,000 marijuana plants in somebody's backyard. And they say, and the cops come and say, dude, you're, you're like, uh, you're, you're a distributor of marijuana. And he says, no, 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 no. This is all just for personal consumption. All 8,000 marijuana plants, man. That's just for me because, look, I'm wearing a Grateful Dead T-shirt. So this is just for me. <laughs> uh, you know that's going to happen. I can't wait to see that story. You know, I just got a text uh, uh, in that says it was against the law when they did it, and they did it anyway. That's scary. And, and that's exactly the point I'm trying to make. It's not that weed will no longer be illegal, so you should let them out. It's that they knowingly, those criminals who are in jail or have been convicted, they knowingly broke the law. So shouldn't those criminals be punished for their conduct, not just excused because the marijuana is no longer illegal? 314-436-7900. Call or text. would love to hear you tonight on At Your Service. We'll be right back after this. that get released every day, all kinds of products. You go to the store and you walk down the aisle and there's just so much stuff that comes out, but there's something, and I'm going to have to ask Matt Pajeski about this board operator. And he's groaning now because he never knows what I'm going to, what I'm going to throw at him. But you're familiar with the, with the Miller Brewing Company, right? Yeah. Okay. And of course, Miller High Life, that's their big product and Miller Lite. But now Miller is introducing an ice cream. So first of all, does that sound odd to you? Yeah, that that Miller Brewing Company would make an ice cream product. Right off the bat, yes. 
but I think every every brewing company now is starting to expand into weird avenues, weird seltzers and sodas. Mm-hmm. Didn't expect uh, ice cream though. Well, they're doing it, but but here's what I don't understand. This is why I wanted your your take on this, Matt Pajeski, is that it's not just like vanilla or chocolate. The flavor, and this is literally from their promotion that came out uh, yesterday. It's called Dive Bar, and it's a novelty ice cream, and I, I'm literally. Quoting here, it's supposed to taste like the floor of a dive bar. Ew. And I'm thinking, oh my God. Does, who, who would promote that? I don't know. We are right now, apparently. Well, well, we're not promoting it. We're uh, mocking it. Which yeah, is a- <laughs> I think they probably just want it to be so gross that it, you know people start talking about it and people feel like they have to try it now to... To actually believe it. Now, this is this is how Miller makes this ice cream. It's made with beer, peanut swirls, a tobacco smoke flavor, caramel or caramel, and a dark chocolate dip. And the the peanut swirl is designed to mimic the peanut shells that are frequently found on barroom floors. Oh. And that, that's in their promotional material. And each of the ice cream bars contains 5% alcohol oh, okay. on the ice cream. Wow. But but how do you market a product that says, hey, come taste our product. It tastes like the floor of a dive bar. I mean, I, <laughs> If this was April 1st, I would get it, you know, like. This oh, if this were April this... 1st, this is, a, you're so right. I didn't think of that. This sounds like an April Fool's joke. Right. And it's already priced at, so to get six of these ice cream bars, it comes in a six-pack, 36 bucks. Whoa. 36 bucks. Jeez. And it's so, bad. And, <laughs> and, and, but I just don't have That's like if you came out with a product tomorrow that said, uh, uh, hi, we, we got a new cereal called Colon Blow. Yeah. You know, who's going to buy that product? Well, I know a few people that might. But, no, yeah. <laughs> not very many. No, no. You know, and so I just, I just don't understand the attractiveness of a product uh, when it's designed on its face to um, to taste like the floor of a dive bar. I, I, I just don't understand that, and I will, I'll have to uh, wait and see how those sales are. Plus, it's thirty six bucks, so that's six dollars for one ice cream bar that tastes like the floor. How do they? How do, how do they know what the floor tastes like to begin with? You know what? Every time my kid, and this is great. I'm sure your dad probably said this to you. When my kids would say, oh, this tastes like dirt. It's like, how do you know what yeah. dirt tastes like, right? Yeah. So that's a legitimate question, Matt, that how do they know what the floor of a dive bar tastes like? Now, right now, we know right now unemployment is at historic lows. There are over 10 million open jobs in America. But if you're the if you're the company that's trying to develop this product, how do you place ads that say we're looking for taste testers for barroom floors? Come now, we're paying twelve bucks an hour to come and lick the floor of a bar. Twelve bucks an hour. Welcome to the company. And maybe you get you know free free ice cream in that flavor for the rest of your life. You get a free supply of dive bar ice cream as your reward. Yeah. Well, that to me is punishment. Then it's. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like uh, you know if you're in jail for marijuana, I guess you're they're going to lock the doors. That's punishment if I've got to eat this stuff. But I guess the selling part of this 
is that it's got 5% alcohol. You know, the, the latest thing a few years ago was uh, boozy milkshakes. Right. And that was a big thing for a while. And so now we're getting into boozy uh, boozy ice cream cones. I'm just just a little concerned about the product. So we'll have to come back to that. Um, and some of the other products, so I've got a whole list of things here, but we don't have time necessarily to dive into those. But but that product tasting category, I, I, I watched a video on the Discovery Channel one time about uh, people who have, it wasn't, it wasn't the dirty jobs, but it was odd jobs. And one of them was a guy who worked in a, the Tabasco factory and the, it, it was, it was hotter than Tabasco, but the trucks that they drive, the forklifts, have you ever, I don't know if you've ever seen a forklift. I, I, I represent a lot of companies. I'm around construction sites all the time and forklifts are strong, solid steel. Not like the whimsy little aluminum that you see a lot of times on products. It's not like a beer can it's strong, sturdy steel. And after a period of 18 months, those forklifts have to be disposed of because the acidic air in these uh, plants that make uh, hot sauce, like Tabasco and hotter habanero sauce, it destroys a forklift in a year and a half, destroys it, melts it down to the point they have to throw it away. And people are running around in these factories breathing that in your lungs. I'm like, pow. If this melts a forklift, don't. What do you think it's doing to your lungs? So uh, maybe that's uh, more dangerous than licking a barroom floor. But I think I would rather work. Uh, it would be more attractive to work at a habanero place than it would be to say that you lick barroom floors, and that's your profession. Boy, mom and dad are sure proud of you. It gives you something to talk about at Thanksgiving. Hey, when we come back. We've got a lot more to talk about. We're going to break down the Minneapolis School District union contract that discriminates against whites. We're going to talk about Mariah Carey. Lots of things on the docket this evening on At Your Service on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.